The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Women's Sanctuary, the podcast about tending the soul of women, sisterhood, and the rise of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Arlia Hoffman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this special live edition of the Women's Sanctuary. Um, it is quite a day. It is, uh, a, I would call it an historic day. And um, my friend Marsha Wade and I have been chatting, and I every time she post post a, an update on star sister astrology i'm like marsha we got to talk about this <laughs> and so here we are today on on this amazing day so welcome to the women's sanctuary everybody i'm your host arlia hoffman and my guest today is marsha wade of star sister astrology marsha welcome thank you arlia i'm really happy to be here i'm thrilled to have you please tell everybody who you are what you do, and maybe a little bit about you and how you came to be a star sister astrology. So I am a um, grandmother who lives in Atlanta and have been falling in love with the stars since I was in graduate school. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm Aquarius rising. So how I got to be 29 years old without knowing a thing about astrology. I don't know, but it was my graduate school advisor who came bursting into my office. I was the research associate in the women's studies program way back in the day. Um, And she said, Marsha, you have got to do what I just did this weekend and you need to do it soon. And she had come to Atlanta and had her astrology chart read. And I guess on some level, I knew it was time. I was about to have my Saturn return. So within a couple of weeks, I was driving over to Atlanta and walked into the Daily Planets Astrology Center, no longer there. And I mean, it couldn't have been 10 minutes into the reading when I start feeling this click click, click, like, oh, oh, (laughs) and leaving as I was walking out, I made a vow. I think I realized it was a vow as soon. I didn't Mm. say a word, but I thought I'm going to learn everything I can about what just happened in there. Mm. And that was like in the early eight, that was 1982 to be exact. So there was no internet. 
And I was mm-hmm. living in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, like no astrologers at all. So it was kind of a matter of reading this book. And every time I'd go to a different city, find the bookstore, see if they had an astrology section, ordering books that you know would be mentioned in the books I was reading. And finally, uh, a c- couple of years later, one day, I remember it like it was yesterday, I looked up at the sky, and I wasn't really in the habit then of talking to the sky, and I said, I need a teacher. I can't learn anything else without a teacher. Within two weeks, somebody says to me, hey, have you heard about that astrologer who just moved here from Portland, Oregon? Wow. It's like, whoa. <laughs> Later, he told me he'd had a dream that it was time for him to start teaching. <laughs> he didn't know he was going to be teaching one student. Astrology is not that easy to learn, mm-hmm. especially when back then there was no Internet to kind of, you know, we can kind of teach ourselves a lot. Mm-hmm. And with astrology, we're all always students. Mm-hmm. You know? There's always more to learn. But so he offered a class. And by the end of the class, you know, the first session, like this long table is full of people. But by the end of the class, there was one person left. And that was me. Hmm. And he tutored me for several years. It was kind of like he just took the top of my head, opened it up and just poured in everything. Um, And... One thing led to another. It was a long time after that before I realized I I had to do this thing, that it was, you know, it had been calling me for a long time. So for about 10 years now, a little more, this is all I've been doing, Star Sister Astrology. And it's a funny thing about astrology, as I'm sure you have realized yourself, the more you tune in, the more they have to say, you know. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a two-way relationship. Yeah, like the deeper you go, there's more information. There's there are always nuances out of your own chart, but then there's as things happen, they're just like there's this aspect in this transit of like it's just it's kind of a, a an endless library of information. It is, and yet the other part that I love so much is that. I mean, I'm going into my 41st year. I have a very low boredom threshold. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing else that I am even more interested in now than I was when I first learned about it, except this. But what I love the most is it's the simplest things that are actually, to me, the most mind-blowing. Like the fact that we're connected to the moon and the sun and the planets and the stars. Like we, they're part of us. That really still, um, I think it's kind of mind blowing. Yes, we are. We are connected. That, that blows my mind too. So let's talk about why we're here today. November 8th, 2022, the total lunar eclipse was this morning. Um, I missed it, but I did get to see the sunrise. Um, but you know what? I took your words to heart or somebody's words to heart. We're like, you don't have to see it. We're in it. Like it's just yeah. going to impact us regardless. Talk about what today means, kind of what's in the sky and just however you want to frame this moment in time. 
So first, I want to say just a little about what a total lunar eclipse is, because it's so profound. Mm -hmm. You know, at a lunar or a solar eclipse, these are the most potent of new and full moons. And it's easy for us to forget that our lives depend on the sun and the moon. Mm -hmm. We can tune that out in a way that our ancestors it just wasn't even possible for them. But I mean, we literally eat the light of the sun to stay alive. Thanks to that miracle of photosynthesis mm -hmm. and the moon, she stabilizes our orbit, you know, here on the earth, she regulates all the waters. We're mostly water. Mm -hmm. She's our deep intuitive felt sense and people have known since we were first here, the moon, the moon is our memory keeper. She's our timekeeper. And these eclipses have been studied for millennia. Mm -hmm. And we've known for that long that eclipses have, they're part of these cycles. I mean, they're very complex and mysterious. And every eclipse belongs to a family of eclipses that occur, recur every 18 years, 11 months, and about eight hours um, or eight days. And each one, either each of these families, they're called Saros families, they either start at the North Pole and wrap their way. Every eclipse in the series happens 10 to 11 degrees ahead of the last one. And the, so they're slowly wrapping around the globe or they start at the South Pole and they're slowly wrapping up the globe. And it's really mind blowing to look, follow the passages of these cycles and to see it's like they're evolving an energy. You know, I don't think anybody really understands like what we're part of that is so much bigger than us. Mm -hmm. But then they also occur in eclipses and full moons in these other cycles called metonic cycles, which repeat in the same degree for like up to five times every 19 years. So one of the many things that's super rare about today's eclipse is this is an eclipse that between those two cycles, this energy has been activated seven times already in the last since 1950, the last 72 years. So, you know, in the years were like 1950, 1968, 1984, 1986, 2003, 2004. If you were alive in any of those years, you, that's when you started getting ready for this mm. eclipse today. You know, something, it's not like a machine. It's like an organic process mm -hmm. that we've been in training into. But this eclipse, uh, like every total lunar eclipse, had a special purpose because what happened early this morning as the moon got darker and darker, the reason is 
she was moving into the earth's shadow. Mm-hmm. And the shadow is what everything casts. You know, if we exist, we cast a shadow. And it's what we haven't seen. Um, and as young who was born at a very astrologically significant time, telling us really the theme of this era we're in, it's time to wake up to what we're really part of. Um, But as he realized, the shadow has things that we're afraid to see about ourselves. Mm -hmm. And some of them are because they're just too brilliant. And some of them are because they're just too scary or shameful or horrifying. And the moon at a total lunar eclipse, she's moving right into that shadow. And she's kind of feeling all that we've been afraid to feel, all that we haven't wanted to see, the good and the bad. And she's doing that so she can let it go as much Mm. of it as she can. And we can take our lives to a new level. Mm -hmm. Now, Eclipses come, all eclipses have a primary purpose, which either is to welcome in something really new or to let go of something that's like dead skin, dead weight. Mm -hmm. This eclipse, its purpose is to welcome in something that's really new. And the moon... Another thing that made it unusual is the moon was almost exactly conjunct. The first planet we ever discovered, the planet Uranus, even his discovery was a breakthrough. Hmm. He's associated with the genius spark in every single one of us. Even as a planet, Uranus is the most nonconformist body in the solar system. All the other planets are twirling like tops on their um, vertical axes. Mm -hmm. Uranus rolls around the sun on his horizontal axis. Um, So, and about Uranus, the one thing all astrologers will say sooner or later, expect the unexpected, predict the unpredictable. But whatever it is, it's meant to wake us up to Mm -hmm. who we really are, what's really possible. And, of course, we always think we already know that. Mm -hmm. Right, we do. (laughs) And so we always think, well, we've got it all figured out. It's those Mm -hmm. people who don't. But And that's why I think Uranus gets a bad reputation. um, Because he upsets our apple, Mm -hmm. has a way of upsetting our apple cards. Okay, so how is so to remind us of how Uranus is is connected to this? He's close within a, was within a degree of the moon. Mm, okay, like when the moon was doing her shadow dance, she was directly aligned with Uranus. So as she's letting things go, as she's bringing things in, his his fingerprints are all over it. I'm looking down because I'm I'm reading this post you wrote last night, which was just also lit me on fire again. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe, I can't wait to talk to her tomorrow about this. So, um, so you talked about Uranus and, 
also talked about how a lot of this happens beyond our conscious mind, right? It's not something we, not much of it anyway, is going to be right here in front of our faces, at least for right now. Um, but then you say that tomorrow the uh, sun opposes Uranus as well. Yes, right. And that sun-Uranus opposition, so two things about it. One is that opposition happens in the middle of the retrograde of every planet who's further away from the sun than we are here on earth. That's all the planets except for Venus and Mercury. When they're retrograde, at the very heart of their retrograde, so really the whole reason they go retrograde, they get to a point where they're like, I don't even know what I'm doing anymore. I need to go back. I need to realign with the heart because that's what the sun is the heart of our solar system. And for each one of us, wherever our sun is, that sun rules our hearts Mm -hmm. too. It's the heart of our lives. And the sun, like our hearts, is the only energy creating being in the whole solar system. Mm -hmm. The whole thing is held together by that one star. So when any planet gets to the exact middle of the retrograde, it's, it opposes, it's opposing the sun. Now we live in a culture of domination mm-hmm. that's all about control. And so when we hear the word oppose, we automatically think of like it's adversarial and mm-hmm. somebody's trying to do something to us. But the moon and the sun themselves show us at every full moon, like, They're talking to each other. Mm. They're seeing each other from across the sky. Have you ever seen that quote by Rilke about a marriage where two people, they know they're separate. They're looking Mm. at each other against a wide sky. That's when true love is really possible. Not when we're just using somebody to, you know, for our fantasy of them. So these oppositions are turning points, for the relationship between Uranus and the sun, between our nonconformist genius and the great Mm. heart, they're realigning tomorrow. Mm. And that happens inside of each one of us, definitely up there in the sky. But we're connected to all those planets. That's the whole big Mm -hmm. idea behind astrology. It's Mm. not separate from us. Mm -hmm. We're part of it. It's part of us. So, yeah, we're all making a big realignment um, with our unique genius, our most out-of-the-box, nonconformist, seeing it our own way. You know, the United States was discovered, um, just, uh, I mean, was discovered, was created just a few years before Uranus was discovered. Mm. And within weeks of Uranus's discovery was when the Articles of Confederation were signed. And when I read that, I thought, Articles of Confederation, I've heard of those. But, you know, in school, they have a way of making all these really fascinating things seem so boring. Um, I had to go look it up. That was like, you know, the Declaration of Independence was like this bold, 
kind of like, you know, when we went off to college, I don't need them anymore. You know, I'm, I'm in charge of me. But there wasn't a whole lot to back it up. Yeah. But by the time Uranus was discovered, they were ready to put their plan, flawed though it was, mm -hmm. they weren't talking about everybody. They were talking about white men who owned property. But still, nobody else had ever said, we don't want a king. We're mm -hmm. not going to have a king. In Europe, people thought that was insane, absurd, couldn't last. So by the time of the Uranus discovery, that's when they kind of came up with their first working plan. Here's how we're going to do it. It's like, now we're serious. We've got a plan. Mm -hmm. We're not just a bunch of hotheads going off to war, you know. Yeah. And now we're in our Pluto return or the U.S. Right. is in its Pluto return. Right. Going through a huge metamorphosis. Mm. Um, yeah. I mean, in a, in a way that we really don't even understand yet. I mean, we can see a lot of the signs around us and we can feel that it's important. We can feel big things are happening and there's, there's chaos in some corners and transformation in others. You know, what are you, what are you feeling? What are you seeing? Well, one of the things I've been really fascinated by is how often in these last few years, um, since really Saturn and Pluto were in Capricorn together, really the last, I mean, we can see it for the last five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years, but the last, um, four years have been especially intense. Mm -hmm. The eclipses so often have occurred in degrees that are connected to the 17th century. In particular, mm -hmm. um, one very powerful eclipse, and I can't remember now which one it was in the last few years, was in a degree, and I don't even remember, was did the was it the last often the last time we've had eclipses in some of the degrees have been in the 17th century, for example, on the date that the colony of Georgia changed its laws so that the amount of slaves, uh, human slaves that someone could own would not be limited. And they did it because they were about to apply to become a colony. So they were a territory, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it was a crucial piece of defining the South as this mm. empire based on human slavery. Yeah. And the eclipse that happened this morning the is part of a sorrow cycle that began in 1680. And these are long cycles that last 1,000, 1,200, 1,500 years. The, this morning belongs, eclipse belongs to a family that began in 1680 when the Virginia colony passed the Casual Killing Act. Mm. And the Casual Killing Act said um, if anyone killed an enslaved human being, they would be considered as acting in the interest of the slave owner mm. and would not be charged. They would be considered immediately acquitted of any crime. Yeah, wow. And it's uncanny how 
This is why, you know, the word memory and the word moon and the word month, they all come from the same root. And it's uncanny to see. And if you just track, you know, if you go back with this eclipse today and think back to November of 2004 and 2003 and 1984, you're probably going to see some things coming up for you now that in some way are connected to what happened then. Um, And the moon is telling us in these times, we need to look really deeply and how we judge human value and what it's based on um, because the patterns that are associated with seeing people who have white skin, people who own property, people who have more money, the patterns of seeing those Mm -hmm. as the only people who matter, Mm -hmm. those patterns, they're not taking us anywhere we want to go. It's time to see that. And they're, yeah. And those systems are just disintegrating that that held all those beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So is that, so that's, is that the implication of of being, you know, in the same cycle as, as when those ideas were generated? Right. Yeah. It's the same energy coming to us now in a different form, but it's the same energy wanting to be seen and transformed and transformed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, may may we, may we grow and learn. Yes. Well said. So um, there are some other things going on in the sky. Just a few. Let's talk about Venus and Mars. Yes. So Venus and Mars are very relevant to all of this. You know, they're the two planets who are closest to the Earth. Mm. So really, we tap them every minute of our lives, waking or sleeping. Venus is what we want and why we want it. She's really in her highest form. She's the power of our love. And the ancients knew something that we have forgotten. That's a life-changing power. Mm. That's not just like the icing on the cake. You know, what we love and how we value, that can change the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's meant to. And Mars, he's our agency, our ability to move towards what we want. He's our energy, our drive, our motivation, and all the Mars people in our lives. And those two, Venus and Mars, they're the most storied lovers in the cosmos. A very stormy love. Mm-hmm. Not always tranquil, um, but very creative. And right now, and Venus rules the sign of Taurus, where we had this eclipse this morning, where Uranus has been since 2018 and still is going to be until 2027, 2026. Um, I can't remember now which one. Um, and... Um, Mars is the ancient ruler of Scorpio, or the sun is. So they're both 
in the midst of their own transformations. Mm. Venus made a very powerful and auspicious conjunction to the sun 16 days ago on maybe 18, 17. Now it was on October 22nd. Mm-hmm. She has a very intricate pattern. And once every four years, she makes a conjunction with the sun in the same five signs over and over. It's called the Venus star point. Mm -hmm. It's like a field of love that she's tracing in the sky around our planet and also in your own birth chart over and over and over again, creating this field of divine feminine love. Well, she, this star point that she made on the 22nd was the first one in Libra since 1779 and she'll be making Libra star points for a little over a century now. The first Venus star point she made in Libra that last time was 1771, just before the uh, Declaration of Independence was written just a few years before. When we might remember Abigail Adams wrote to her husband before he went off to the committee that was drafting it, Remember the ladies, Hmm. because if you don't, we will foment a rebellion. Well, they didn't remember the ladies, but Venus did. And in those years of that last time we had a Venus star point, we saw women like Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Susan B. Anthony, Elizabeth Cady Stanton. We saw women writing about women's lives Mm -hmm. from Louisa May Alcott to the Bronte sisters, really changing literature. Um, We saw women painters, women painting women like Mary Cassatt and others, the first women photographers. And they always were documenting the lives of women. Um, so I think this Venus star point is very significant and it tells us why we're seeing such fierce desire to control women's bodies, women's power, women's voices, Mm -hmm. because it's time, Mm -hmm. you know, um, And then Mars now, I've been feeling for a long time, as I've really been thinking more and more as we see so much collapsing, that we think of this way of living, not necessarily with the computers or even the electricity, but basically this patriarchal way with war constant Mm -hmm. as kind of the way it is. Mm -hmm. But actually... What we know um, is that we've been on this planet 10 times longer than we've had war, 10 Mm. times longer than we've had patriarchy. And, you know, the planets have been around longer even than that. So if this culture of domination is recent in our history, then so is the way that the box that we have put Mars into, you know, the aggressor, Mm -hmm. the violent one, the Mm -hmm. warlike one. Um, That's a pretty new box. And I really have been feeling for the last few years, Mars is tired of that box. Mm. He's 
tired of being conscripted by the dominators to go off and fight their wars and stir up things. And, you know, like, and we all know he's a part of all of us, mm-hmm. every single one of us. Um, and this retrograde and Mars um, goes retrograde less often than any other planet. He really, he's our go energy. So mm-hmm. for him, slowing down, turning around, going back um, is something he doesn't like to do at all. But he's doing it now. And he's doing it in the sign of Gemini, the twins. And I really feel like he's asking us to let him find his other side. Hmm. Who has he been? Let us find the green man. You know, let us find the horned God. Let him out of that prison cell of the warrior, the Mm. killer, the murderer, the rapist. Um, And that requires a lot for us to do that. We have to pull back. We have to take off the lenses that, you know, where we look at everything Mm -hmm. that way. Um. But the thing also about this retrograde that makes it two things that make it unusual. First of all, Mars hasn't had a complete retrograde in Gemini since 1943, late 1943 into early 1944. Those were the last, you know, that was the past the turning point, it heading into the end of World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and a fight against the very fascist totalitarian tendencies we see all over the world now. Right, right. Um, now, we can never go back. You know, I don't think fighting is the answer. But there is something that was a moment of, Mar- I think, a good moment for Mars, you know. And I think and- now he's saying, now let's, what else is possible? And, and and to learn from the last time. Yes. And to learn yeah. from the last time and the last, you know, how many wars, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, the last thousand times, the last 10,000 times. Mm. Yeah. So where are we headed? I think you said that, you know, the kinds of things that are shifting now, we really won't even fully see at least for what for the next six months or so um yeah we're headed into so first of all let me say this but i think the real answer is Mm -hmm. it depends on us but Mm. it's not all on us Mm. because what's happening now we're the space where it's happening here Mm. on earth and so i think A lot depends on how do we hold that space? How do we nourish that space? How do we protect that space? Mm. You know, do we, um, if we think about the eclipse today, conjunct Uranus, whose essential message is wake up. Mm -hmm. Wake up to who you really are. Bob Marley was a... um, one of my favorite Aquarians, you know, and his song, um, Liberate Yourselves from mm-hmm. Mental Slavery. 
only ourselves can free our minds Mm -hmm. and our hearts. And once we have done that, who knows what can happen, what we can do. So I, I feel like that is the big message of this eclipse. Wake up, you know, walk out of the prison cell. We've put our minds in and our hearts, um, the belief that there's no hope, the belief that we are made of and connected to an intelligence so vast we can't even comprehend it. You know, the intelligence that makes the sun come up every morning, mm-hmm. the intelligence that made the Milky Way galaxy, the intelligence in every star, that's what we're made of. To Believe nothing can change is, to me, that's that's a spell that we need to break. Mm, yeah, that, that so resonates with me because it, it, even in the midst of all my spiritual journey and awakening over the years, the last two have been, two and a half have been extraordinary. And I have felt that really strongly that like, like whatever I'm doing physically, mentally, and spiritually, it's all serving to break that mental slavery, all those belief systems. I remember a couple of years ago realizing that I was in this belief system that, you know, at my age, it's all downhill from here. And, and I'm like, wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> a minute. That's, that's just a belief. And that's, that's a, a spell. That's exactly. a spell. Exactly. Because, you know, if you look at, all those Paleolithic goddess figurines that for a long time were described as fertility goddesses. Mm-hmm. But you look at those bodies, those long drooping breasts, you know, those that's not a child, a woman at childbearing age. Those right. are old women. Those are grandmothers. And those are the ones, those are the statues that we find. Those Every, are the wise women. That's right. Yeah. So I think there's a reason that spell has been put on the idea of a woman growing old, mm-hmm. you know, that we're so afraid of it because those who cast those spells, they know. Mm-hmm. Well, it reminds me of going back to what you're talking about, you know, the, um, the, the, the tightening of control over women's bodies, because, because probably we all know on some unconscious level that, we're beginning to wake up to our own power and the power of. Absolutely. And our connection to the infinite, which is also reflects our power. And you know what? Conjunct the sun today mm-hmm. as the eclipse was happening and every full moon, you know, it's the moon and the sun together doing it, you know, making the, the dance, doing the dance The sun was exactly conjunct. The asteroid, these are, you know, the little fragments Mm -hmm. of from the creation era of the solar system. Um, The asteroid Circe, the enchantress, was Mm. conjunct the sun. Um, So I do think that's another thing that this eclipse is literally about breaking Mm. the spells. yeah, the spells that we've inherited, bought into. Yeah. I'm all about that. Yeah. All about that. Wow. 
Well, that's, ex that's exciting news to me. That's encouraging because we all have the power to hopefully wake up to the things that we have believed that aren't real, get in touch with what's, what's true for us uh, at our core, not what we've been conditioned to accept or believe. So that's, that's exciting. I mean, honestly, when I look out at the world, I'm not seeing things that make me, you know, I mean, I, I do see some things. I just posted about going to vote here in Clarkston. And, you know, I thought I was going to burst into tears in the polling place. I mean, it's like, yeah. whoa, this is so amazing. This little community. Um, of people and, and, you know, I'm living in Marietta, so I, I know where you live and I know how a beautiful community it is. It is. And so I don't want to say, you know, all I see when I look around is doom and gloom because, yeah. you know, right down the road um, are, you know, something that really softens my heart. But, you know, there's a lot going on that's very troubling. Mm -hmm. And yet when I look at the astrology, I'm often like, Whoa, it's so everything we need is right here for us. Yes. But we have to say yes. And part, one of those spells, I think, is that it would be really, really hard and we would have to work so hard. And basically it's that spell that says you're on your own. You know, mm -hmm. nobody's going to help you. You're not part of a whole universe that wants to support you. Ooh, so, that, that is a spell. That is a yeah. spell to, to believe yeah. that we are so alone that there is no support, no help. Yeah. 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 We should just be lucky for whatever little crumb. Oh. Hang oh. tight to it. Don't let go of it. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I was thinking recently that, um, you know, in this really heightened time, I am, um, the universe has really been showing up for me. Like I take one baby step and I can literally right. see the domino door start opening. And I'm just so clear that my task is just to go through the door, like, you know, gather yes. everything I need. Not, don't run from it, go through the door. And then I take the next baby step and then these other dominoes open up and it's been, it's been, uh, it's not frightening. It's been exhilarating. It's also been terrifying, terrifying, <laughs> but it's, it. I'm it's right also exciting because I'm like, oh, okay. All right. I, I do have, you know, agency, which is part of what I just named my new business, but yeah. agency. Oh, wonderful. And yeah. And so, um, because that word just came up as has been very potent, you know, recently people are discovering and, and owning their own agency. But as I was saying, you know, I'm, I'm seeing the evidence of as I take a move in the, in the direction I'm led, the universe answers. And that's yes. just, that's, you know, that's, that's what I need to see. That's the, that's, that's what's so exhilarating is seeing, okay, there's, I'm not alone. I am supported. And the yes. opportunity, if I take the opportunities given to me, I'm dancing, I'm dancing with the universe. I think that, being willing not to be stopped by our mm -hmm. fear or even our terror. There's something in the way you described it. I could, that's, there's so much power there in our not knowing that we can do it or even mm -hmm. how we're going to do it, but being willing to take 
the next step, just exactly as you said it. That it. That is it. And that that requires just being present, being right here, eyes open, and um, yeah, showing up. Yeah. Marsha, this has just been a wonderful conversation. Anything else that we we need to know? <laughs> well, one thing we haven't talked about is that this, not only did we have a total lunar eclipse and a very powerful one this morning, followed immediately by the Uranus eclipse, but just um, an hour ago, a couple of hours ago, um, Mercury conjoined the sun. Mm-hmm. It's just Venus did on the 22nd of October. Mercury um, conjoined, when Mercury conjoins the sun, it's a signal to us he's halfway between retrogrades. Mm-hmm. And something happens to every planet who aligns with the sun, changes the planet. So all day today, Mercury, our messenger planet, the way we're seeing things, the way we're communicating, the way we're receiving, there's a kind of rarefied quality. You know, it's like uh, the word Kazemi, which is a planet within 17 minutes, arc minutes of the sun. Mm-hmm. There's 60 of those arc minutes in every degree. The word Kazemi means in the beams of the heart. Mm. So our ability to transmit information and receive it is purified today. We're really, our our messenger energy is in the heart. Um, and so that's an important thing for us to, just one more way. It's like the universe today is not just bowl-facing, pay attention, be present, free your mind, free your heart. What do you need to let go of? That's bold-faced, and then it's italicized, <laughs> underlined, and there's like five exclamation points. Beautiful. It. Well, what a perfect time to have had this conversation. Yes. And well, we didn't, it just kind of happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we just, we followed the nudges. Follow the nudges and show up, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Oh, Marsha, thank you so much for this. I I really appreciate, you know, your wisdom and all the pieces you bring together to, to, to help us understand what's happening, help us understand and approach our lives with more agency and presence and awareness. And um, so thank you for, for the gifts that you bring and your presence here with me today. I'm really grateful. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so wonderful. You're such a resonant um, person to talk about all this magic with. I've loved it. Thank Thank you. you. So that's it for us today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. We're so glad you could be here. Um, We will see you again next time here on the Women's Sanctuary. Thank you to Marsha Wade. Um, Feel free to go online, uh, get more of our our episodes, uh, like and follow, review. We really appreciate that for great guests such as Marsha. So thank you so much. Y'all have a great day.
I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.